Welcome. This is Beyond the Illusion. We really appreciate you joining us for our third season, and we are very excited about all the people we have lined up for this season so far. And to start us off with our first episode of the season, we have something a little different for you. Since we're all going through some unusual times with the quarantine lockdown that is in place, we had to have our conversation with today's guest through an online meeting, even though they live here in the same city as we do. Their names are David and Megan Staub, and they have their own podcast called Magical, Stories of Healing and Spiritual Gifts. In addition to the podcast, they also have a host of other things they do, such as a YouTube channel, a variety of spiritual and life services, and they are even writing a book. I really appreciate and admire how they are putting themselves out there and sharing what they believe with the world. They are passionate about helping others, particularly helping others to heal, and that is definitely something the world needs more of. They have a very interesting story about how the podcast came to be, and they get right into it. So let's go to that conversation now. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's a little disappointing that we all live in the same city and we can't be together right now. <laughs> I know, I know. How are you guys doing during all this? I, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I get to see him more often, so and I'm learning all these new recipes. So I've actually been a okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've my whole life has moved to Zoom now. So my whole social life and my work life and everything. So everything Zoom. They have you have like a girlfriend's call. Oh yeah. I I use it for my for work now, but even like just hang out with my friends. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, Tim, are we gonna? So normally when we meet in. Tim's place we do like five minutes of just meditation to center us beforehand are you guys cool with that I mean it's not like we just we just all close our eyes and get quiet for five minutes and get centered there's not like yeah sure as you probably guessed I've removed the silent meditation here I'm glad Tiana remembered to do it though because it really does help and I had actually forgotten about it now back to the conversation we kind of just have a good exchange about us, but it's kind of different in this medium, don't you think, Tim? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you're in person, you can get like there's that there's that like in person vibe you can get really well too and go off of that. So I bet it's pretty different. We've actually only done ours off of Zoom so yeah. far, so we're, we're a little more used to this. But yeah. we actually started just doing audio. over the phone on audio. Um, Anchor on anchor and then going from that just to this it was a whole other level of communication so i bet it's so much better in person that's crazy yeah yeah it's yeah. like anything in person you know it's just there's a there's a like an unspoken connection that you have with someone when you're sitting right yes. in front of them so well, it's easier to read people when you're in person yeah, yeah. oh totally yeah that's true there's just so many like little subtle things you pick up on when you're sitting right there with them yeah that you don't realize you know yeah so so you guys have only done your interviews over zoom yeah all over zoom yeah so we started out doing anchor um you know building our magical platform after the ayahuasca and all that we got this vision of magical um and what it was going to be and we started doing podcasting we knew nothing 
about podcasting mm-hmm. at all. And um, but one, David always had this seed planted. He always wanted to do a podcast. Always wanted to. And at first, I thought it was going to be on like my whole career was um, sales. I built and uh, grew sales teams nationally. I thought it was going to be mindful sales. And then I awakened and went on this like plant medicine psychedelic journey. And I'm like, oh no, it's just a yeah. part of communication. It's yeah. bigger than sales. So then um, we started the Magical Podcast just over Anchor because one of my um, social media mentors, Mark Metry, uh, who does the Top 100 podcast, he does Humans 2.0, he said start on Anchor. So we were just doing that, and we launched a YouTube, and we're like, let's do videos. We're way we're may, we're way more animated anyway in person. Yeah. So we then we move we just moved I'd say about two months ago to doing Zoom and video podcasting. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, are you posting them on YouTube, or how does the video part work? Uh, yeah, they're all over on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. Yeah, Anchor uh, automatically publishes it everywhere where podcasts are. But we also have a YouTube. Uh, one of the playlists of you of our YouTube is all our podcast episodes that are a video. Yeah, we'll have like my meditation, my guided meditations. Another playlist playlist is the podcast. Another one's like our daily inspirational. We- yeah. We have all sorts of things that we're creating on there. (laughs) I feel like you guys are ready to conquer the world. I know. I've noticed, you know, because you started after us and, but you know, you, and you have a different focus, but um, I really thought it was cool that you guys are doing something kind of similar, but different, but the way that you guys are going and how fast you're going, I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. Boom, boom, (laughs) boom, boom. Really um, spreading out there. I feel like you have a really strong passion and vision and um, would love if you want to tell the story about magical, how you, even, even the name, I'm curious, you know, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's not magical. It's magical. Yeah. What does that so, mean? Something specific. What's the story? Yeah. Girl, it's all about me right here. So my <laughs> name is Megan. My mom spelt it very differently. So it's, so my great grandmother, her middle name was May. Her name was Laura May. She spelled it M A E. And so my mom spelled my May. It's not Megan. It's Megan. It's M A E G E N. So when we decided, so for me, you know, and we can get into this stuff on however you guys want to do it. But I had a lot of abuse in my life, a lot of trauma, a lot of hardships. And when in like 2014, I discovered um, a book by Esther and Jerry Hicks, "Ask and It Is Given," and I started learning about meditation and affirmations and how. Thoughts are things and how we create with our thoughts and feelings. And it blew my mind because I was never raised to, to know anything about that. And so once I started like playing around with it, because at first I thought it was like hocus pocus, like doesn't work. But I was like, if there's a 1% chance that this stuff works, like why not try it, right? And prove that it doesn't work, if anything, right? And I didn't though. Like it proved that it did work. You know, I went from living paycheck to paycheck to making six figures almost overnight by using affirmations. And so, and then I started like getting communications through feathers, through number sequences. And like I could tap in to the divine and receive messages from the angelic realm or whatever resonates with you. And I was like, wow, life is like, my life was so hard for the first, you know, 30, five years and I was like but then it became so magical once you open up to this and you realize how the world and the universe works and there's all these universal laws life literally becomes magical right and then I put my spin on it with my name I was like magical so that's oh I love that yeah and that's exactly how I felt when I had my initial spiritual awakening it was just like 
oh my God, there's this whole other world that I didn't even know existed. The world, I always say that it was like the world went from black and white to color. Right? It becomes yeah. so exciting. You mm-hmm. know? And it, yeah. That's awesome. But go ahead and you can tell about how like Magical kind of came to fruition because we had all these ideas for Magical and writing our book and there was all this resistance and like blockages that, that we had all these ideas but something like yeah, when we would start it wouldn't go. It was ironic because uh, I'd say two, we've had the LLC for probably about three years but it actually only kicked off after one of Megan's incredibly powerful healing experiences with ayahuasca. After that, everything just took off. But before I that, to heal. Yeah, before that, it was actually psychedelics have always played somewhat of a part in this. It's not like they're the main thing. It's always been we give credit probably God. It's been our foundation oh, yeah, for right. sure. But psychedelics have always played this interesting part. Um, and uh, I'll never forget. She was on a work trip, and uh, it was LSD. I was tripping on, uh, and then all of a sudden this crazy channel came through to me and it was like you need to do this llc right now like magical is going to be huge not not this moment but you need to and like all during this trip it was just me starting the llc it was like getting the llc going starting it doing ink file like doing all the things like usually it's like in outdoors or something beautiful in nature and all that this was just all about this mission a message of like start it but then but then to back up though, like we were doing software sales yeah. and like I was, we were both successful in that arena and I was like focused on moving my way up, which is so crazy to me now, but the money was really good, you know, but then something, it, it just one day I was like, this is not what I'm passionate about. Like, I don't care about doctor's reputations like at all. And I've been through so much hardships and I've overcome at that point I'd overcome it through my mindset and reprogramming my mind from not living in the victim mindset right and becoming a powerful manifester and so I was like what is success is it making six figures or is it doing something I'm passionate about and helping others right and so at that point I went to David and I was like would are you do you support me leaving this lucrative career that I have to pursue something I don't even know what it looks like I just know that I'm called and it's a divine purpose Whatever that is, I need to figure what that is, right? And so that's kind of what started the yep. LLC, though. Yep. And then um, we, the thing is, there were all of these blocks. We knew we wanted to create it. We didn't know exactly. We knew we wanted to have something with inspiration and uh, something. We, we knew we had. We wanted to do something we were supposed to, but it was just block after block after block, like, like about a year and a half of blocks. And then – we started getting, we started doing all, we did a lot of meditations and affirmations on her we knew we wanted. I knew I wanted to teach people because I'm like, this was such a game changer in my life to learn how to be, be, you know, a manifester and like manifest things I want rather than things that I don't want. And so I just was like, I have to, like all my friends, they're all amazing, but like they don't get it. Most of my friends didn't get this sort of thing. And I was like, people, a lot of people don't know about this. And it's yeah. like, it changed my life. And that was before ayahuasca. Ayahuasca took it to the whole other level, right? And but I was like, I have to spread this. And that's basically when it took off. We, we did all, we got, we started getting very clear divine guidance that I, because we tried everything for her healing. We tried, we spent mm-hmm. tens of thousands on doctors that did nothing and gave her all these diagnosis and all these pills and all this stuff and it was just I, mean, I was horrible. on Xanax for like 20 years setback you know? after setback and we tried every western medicine we even tried she got a little relief with acupuncture but not really nothing that no, actually acupuncture would help my flare up but right. it was not a preventative by so, any means so we there was just constant getting 
And then and we didn't really realize either the extent of like these sicknesses in your physical body are actually the root cause is trauma, suppressed trauma. trauma. But we didn't realize that for the longest time. It took ayahuasca to really prove that to me because I've been through so many hard things starting at a child. And we're talking like trauma after trauma after trauma, even up into adulthood. And I mean, I was debilitated with sickness all the time. You know, like I never knew. I could not in college, even post-college, I could not make plans to like on the 4th of July, go to a boat party because I didn't know if my stomach, if I was gonna look pregnant or not that day. I didn't know if I was gonna have joint pain, be debilitated in my bed. Like I never knew. And this is the kind of, and I my insomnia and this is, I've never known health. I've never known sleep. Literally my trauma started at such a young age, like that it's debilitated me throughout my whole entire life. And I've gone to every kind of doctor, conventional, holistic, you name it, I've probably done it, you know? Yeah. yeah, I found that to be true a lot now is people are turning to alternative or holistic methods because they've tried every traditional conventional route. And sometimes it's only through going through all of those other options that somebody is willing to try something that seems really out of the box, like ayahuasca. Although in Austin, I found a lot of my clients have done ayahuasca and told me different stories. And there seems to be, I mean, of course, Austin is a more alternative open city than probably a lot of other places or especially rural places or non-cities but um can you tell us about the ayahuasca experience because i always find those really fascinating to hear Uh, about so i was at the end of my rope and let me let me tell you about the holistic there's a lot of great holistic healers out there i'm sure and there's a lot i resonate more now with energy healers you know not that every single energy healer has helped me but there have been some that are very gifted that have um, but I was at the end of my rope with that because we had spent <laughs> a lot of money on holistic. Holistic doctors are crazy expensive, and I honestly didn't get much help from them. If anything, we just they drained our account. And so at that point, I was at the end of my rope. Like I at that point, it's like I will try anything if you can tell me that this will heal me. Like I was open to it, but at the same time, I was terrified of ayahuasca. Even though I've done LSD before and I've done mushrooms, I. Because here's the thing, when you look up, when you research ayahuasca online, even, and I was seeing all these terrifying experiences, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to do this. So then I'm like uh, researching positive ayahuasca experiences. You you do that and you still read all these scary things. Um, but he really, really pushed the ayahuasca. We had a mutual friend that we totally trust, you know, that was like, look, this could really be beneficial for you. So when it comes to the ayahuasca ceremony, um, well, even in fact, getting there, we were at the airport. I almost left the airport and turned around and didn't even go on my trip because my anxiety, my PTSD was like through the roof and I was terrified. I was, the, Where I was, did you do it at, did you do it in South America or? No. So we're not actually able to say because. It's, okay. Yeah. I, I gotcha. Yeah. On that. I mean, it wasn't in Austin though. Um, so anyway, we go and, um, Right before the first ceremony, and, and you can chime in on anything that I leave out, David. Um, but right before this first ceremony, I started having major anxiety. Like, I was like, I don't want to do this. And he got really frustrated because he's like, we're all the way here. And he just wants me to heal so badly. But at the same time, that 
almost makes it worse for a person. If they feel like they're being pushed into something and it's not their decision, you know what I mean? And so I felt that added pressure. But the people there were so amazing. They recognized that. And they even they even called that out. Like, David, we know you're coming from a loving place, but, like, she has to feel good about going into this. And it was because of them, honestly, why I went ahead and did that first night. Now, I will say, that first night, I just got my feet wet because I was very nervous. Very low. She took a very low dose. I'm not... Very. I mean, I took a I took a three. That's not low. Um, I'm like, he's an extremist, so forgive him. Um, to David, it was but, a low dose. <laughs> so I so so the option was they had five meo DMT and they had classic ayahuasca, but they said um, on your first night of ceremony they would never allow anyone to do five meo DMT. And now I know why. But um, so I they were like, you can choose your dosage. It has to be classic ayahuasca, but we're not going to give you like a, a, a dose of five. It needs to be like four or below, whatever number comes to you. And I'm like, oh, three's even in the middle, not too much, not, you know what I mean? Like, I feel good about that. And so that's what I did. And um, you're so close to all these people. Like, I mean, I'm right, almost touching this person I don't even know. And people are just puking. And I'm just like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? And, um, I had extreme, it brought out extreme anxiety in me. Like whenever um, the shaman would come and do like the feathers on your head or, or like just singing all the songs, what are they called? Um, anyway, whenever we would Icaros, sing. I think. What? Icaros or Icaros. Oh, yes, I can't ever say it. Yes. So most everyone loved it when he would sing, but there was something in me that it would give me like, I'm talking extreme anxiety where I thought like I was jumping out of my own skin and I was just like, make him stop, make him stop singing this. Like, Oh my God, make it stop. And, and on that note, one thing I want to mention too, that has been, it was so interesting, especially when you look at it from a spiritual perspective along this journey, because she had such extreme tra trauma as a child and just constant trauma after that what we noticed it was almost almost like there was something dark that like was my anxiety would get so bad and i would be self-aware of it but i couldn't control it and as we got closer this darkness knew yeah and that's was what was causing weird. me to back out so at we were at the airport and she had this like almost attack where she was like i can't go i'm not going and i could tell when the darkness starts to come out it's just different. It's hard to explain, but it's just different. And she's aware of it, but she can't control it. But then, then, right? Yeah. And then the darkness, as the as we got closer and closer to the ceremony, this darkness, I think, started freaking out yes. and knowing what mm -hmm. was coming. So it kept telling her not mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. So there was this crazy buildup that was happening. Right. Wow. And so, again, and, and then some of the songs that the shaman will sing will literally make everyone start puking their guts out, you know? So that first ceremony, it wasn't anything crazy. Um, I didn't have any visuals. Literally, all I felt was anxiety. So I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I came here to heal. All I did was feel anxious. I got nothing out of it, but I did get something out of it because that first night, I've had horrible insomnia my whole life. You know, getting over more than three hours of sleep a night is like unheard of for me. And since I was a child and um, I slept for like seven hours in a row, I didn't even get up to go to the bathroom. Yeah, she, Mother Ayahuasca basically gave her rest because, to, to prepare her for night two. Yes, because she was preparing me for the show that she was about to put me through on night two, which 
I needed. I did. I did set the intention. I asked her to be gentle with me, but um, apparently she didn't listen to that part. But you know what? She gave me what I needed, and that's what she does. She always gives you what you need, and it might not be what you had in mind, but it's always what you need. And so that second night, again, the anxiety before the ceremony oh was gosh. way worse it's than the sad. first night. Even though I tested it out, it was way worse because I think that that darkness in me knew what was about to happen, and so. Uh, the shaman came down to my room before the ceremony. Did David and do like, it with you, or were you were you also doing ayahuasca, David? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, okay, so you were, you were there together. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I oh, I wasn't doing it alone. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the shaman comes down to my room. He had something. It was off of like a fungus on like this wood. It, anyway, he blew the smoke. It wasn't tobacco. It was some sort of healing modality that he uses on people. And he says he doesn't use it very often, but he knew. I told him my story, so he knew all the trauma. And he was like, "Whoa, this is a lot." And so he, I had this blanket over my head, and he had like. He had to put the smoke all underneath me while I'm covering the blanket, you know, for protection. Then they always do sage and tobacco before the ceremony anyway. At that point, I was like, look, I'm leaving my dosage up to you, to the shaman, because I'm like, I need to heal. So I'm leaving this up to you. And I honestly didn't think he was going to give me that strong of a dose. (laughs) Ah, joke's on me. (laughs) He did a... Uh, a three of the classic ayahuasca plus one of the five MEO DMT. And let me tell you, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. I did not still have visuals because it's like an onion layer. I have so much trauma and I'm still doing the healing work. You know, it's a journey. I got tremendous amount of healing though, but it's an onion layer. Like each ceremony you get better, you get more healing. Like they say for people that have the amount of trauma I have, it could take anywhere from five to 17 ceremonies to get fully fully like back to your authentic pure self right so sounds like a lot but really isn't when you think about how people go to like talk therapy for 10 15 years about the same thing and don't really make any much progress at all so really i mean it's really intense and that's what happened i basically got like 20 years of psychotherapy in one night so and and what's crazy and i can let david tell his part of this in a minute because it's really crazy he took a crazy crazy high dose um, stronger dose than he did the first night. He blasted off the first night, and he can come back and tell you his experience on his first night and second night as well. Yeah. Um, because I'll just give you the shortest version I can of this. But I'm talking like within no time, like I'm the first person to start puking. But I'm talking like projectile and like nonstop. I had no food in me, but like no one else had the experience I had because no one else there had the level of traumas that I had. And I'm talking like I'm convulsing. Like almost like seizure, like convulsing. It's just spewing out. I'm like feeling like I'm dying. I look like sounds this. like the exorcist. No, that's literally what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm imagining is the exorcist in my mind. <laughs> no, it really was. That's it what into happened. That. That's what it turned into, and I just haven't gotten there yet. So I'm like violently convulsing and like vomiting, and it won't stop. And like people are checking me. They're having to change my bucket over and over because it's just like crazy uh-huh. and then i remember at one point i was just like when is this gonna stop you know and like there's the maestro would come like you've got this sister you've got this sister i was just like oh my god i was so weak i had no energy i couldn't even like hold my head up and um and then they were like we need they chose me to go into the center of the circle for the healing there's a healing ceremony specifically i think it starts with c it always slips my mind uh, but there's a specific healing it's ceremony Spanish they for can healing, do. Whatever that is. Whatever Spanish for healing is, they bring you out to the middle and they call these extra plant spirits in 
to come heal and take out whatever is going on within you. Right. So they pulled her out to the middle. Well, they of the asked center. me, and they're like, they're, the show was like, I need you to get out to the center. And I'm like, I can't even walk. And he's like, crawl if you must, but I need you to get out there. And he was like, David can't help you. You have to do this yourself. And I mean, I was weak, you guys, like barely, like I swear, barely alive. And um, one of the sitters, they have a lot of sitters there. This, they're so this good. This female sitter helped me. She kind of carried me and held me. And then once he called the plant spirits and I'm trying not to get a little emotional, man, I didn't think I would, but like I have never, it was like something channeled through my body and was pushing stuff out. Now I will want to back up and say that when I was throwing up, I literally could feel that all this deep trauma that was in my life was coming out of my body. I was purging it. Like I literally could feel that and sense that and know that to be true. When I was in the center of the circle after they called in the plant spirits, I just started like deep sobbing. Like I have chills talking about because it was like, an un I can't even like mimic it. Like I've never heard a human being cry like this. I sure as hell never cried like this, but it wasn't even me crying. It was like, it was my soul. It was like, like that seven deeply, years, like that seven deeply. year old girl that got all that trauma. And I'm talking for like crying. an hour. So I'm just like, non stop. And it's amazing because, you wow. know, hours. <laughs> Go ahead. I said hours. This went on. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Seven-hour seven ceremony. This was – How many yeah. people were in the ceremony? Was it a lot of people in the ceremony total or was 30. it just a few? No, there were, it was like 40-something. 40. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah, wow. And they could all you, – you realize when you're in that ceremony setting that we're all connected. They could all feel, feel what I was going through. And I helped so many other women that had been abused. My purging and crying literally helped them heal that night because we're literally all connected. breathwork thing was similar to that where other people's clearing yeah. and processing would help everyone in the whole everybody would be tuning in to each other it, yeah yeah and again, I slept great that night and um, the next morning I, I woke up and I was a different person um, first of all, I'm an ugly crier. Like if I cry, like the next day, my eyes are puffy and like mm -hmm. there's not en enough makeup that can fix it. And y'all, I looked amazing the next day. I didn't even look like I shed a tear. And I'm talking like deep cry, deep, deep, soulful spirit crying. Wow. And my PTSD was gone and it has not come back. That darkness, oh, so I need to back up. So I did have an exorcism that yeah. night. I mean, like after I was in the center of the circle doing that healing, my whole body looked just like shaking, like I couldn't it control crazy. it. And then like finally once it started coming in, my leg was still just like going crazy. And um, something, I could literally feel something dark leaving my spirit, my energetic body, whatever. It, I, I could literally feel it. It was being lifted and I felt immediately lighter, you know, mm -hmm. like light as a feather. And yeah. And that next day, like the PTSD was gone. You know, um, I, I, I was just a different person, you yeah. know, even a lot of, and I will say it's a journey with ayahuasca, you know, for three, for three months after ayahuasca, I had no physical body pain at all. All of my joint pain, all of it had, was gone and I was like wow this is what it feels like to like feel good you know and I will say that some of that has gradually come back you know you've got to do there's integration is very important but with again I have so many different traumas I feel like I healed my 
childhood abuse with that. Yep. But I have other traumas I need to go back and process. And so I am going back to do ayahuasca, you know, again, to, to continue to peel that onion layer. But it absolutely, if people feel called to it, I mean, it, it was a godsend for me, you guys, a complete godsend. But you got to hear his 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 story, too. Like, we saw the light beings the first night, all the epiphanies you got the first night, the second night, how you took that strong dose, but she sobered you up yeah, to be there. Yeah, it was there. crazy. The story's great, so you should tell them that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all along this, I felt very guided to, like, get her to Iowa. I, I, I just knew, I felt that was the answer. This message kept channeling to me that the answer was that ayahuasca. And... She's the most incredible, sweet, genuine, authentic soul. But I could, you, there was there was that little darkness that would come out from that trauma that was before. I, I could I could sense that, and it's weird, but I could sense that it wasn't her when it would come out. It was something else that was in there that was not her. It would like she would like disassociate from it or something like that. Um, and that darkness, like we were saying, kept, as we got close to ayahuasca, that darkness became more prevalent or prevalent. And I knew. I even had a horrible fall the night before my flight yeah. that like I had a bulging disc in my back from it. And it was weird how I felt. It was like, I swear like, there was something like, like some kind of darkness in her. It was crazy. And I could tell I was talking to that at times. I'm like, shit, I'm not getting, I'm not going to get through anything here. Um, but when, once it would pass, it would like go down, it would be her again. And I could sense that. Um, and the first night, the first night I blasted off pretty hard. Um, the first night I just... What dose did you take? Yeah, uh, I took five as much as of I could. Of course. Um, I've always, I would do the same. I always like the big experience. Uh, yeah. I've always been an extremist. If I'm going to have an experience, I'm going 100% into the experience. I've done heroic dose. I've, I'm just, I want to know what the full experience is. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to leave with any question. Like, just <laughs> for good, bad, or worse. That's been good and bad in my life. But I'm always more of an extremist. Um Anyway, so they said it's interesting. My first time doing ayahuasca, they wouldn't allow us to do the five MMO DMT yet. So I was like, okay, well, what's the most I could do? And it's level five. So I was like, all right, I'll do level five. And a big part of the ceremony is you have, and this is why training your mind with meditation is so important. Oh, you have to surrender, and you have oh, to be able to. to be in a mental place where if things start to get different, which they do, which is why it's actually kind of good to have some psychedelic experience. You have to know how to stay calm and just surrender to the medicine because you're, you're not in control. You're, you're, you definitely give up control to a very, it's a, it was a very divine, powerful, feminine, loving energy like this beautiful, but, but, but it's, it is nothing of this world. It is, it is nothing of this world that I, that you ever, but you have to be able to just surrender, not freak out. Just let it, let it, whatever's going to happen is going to happen and know you're safe, no, and all of that, right? So I did that. And the first thing I did was just blast up to this like geometric area. And there was this, all these different colors in front of me. It was like all these colors and shapes into one being in front of me. I feel like it was Mother Ayahuasca. It was a very powerful feminine energy. And it, it, I remember it asking me, not words, but just channeling like, what do you want? Or what is it do you want to know? And you go into the ceremony with an intention, right? You have to go into it with a specific intention. And my intention uh, was clarity around magical, purpose, clarity around magical, right? Um, I thought that's what my intention was. But when you're in that place, when you're in this other dimension, you can't help but speak from your soul. Like you can't BS it. You can't say what's not really coming from you. So I kept trying to say that, but 
all that came out was I'm here just for my wife's healing. That's all I want more than anything in this world, in this universe. I just want her healing. Like that's, that's what I want. Like, even though this is supposed to, this is my ceremony and I'm supposed to be communicating about me. I just, I can't like, cause that's all I want. And I remember it, it's shifting and it, I didn't know what it was at the moment. Now it was like shifting to like look over because she was there. And then I remember it communicating and it said, you're going to get that. Like, I will give you this. But with that, you must take this and take the message to the world. You must take this, what this is going to happen, and take it to the world. Because this is what the world and Mother Earth and the planet need more than ever. And I'll never forget the Mother Earth thing because I got completely shot on by all my family and everyone in the religion controlled world for saying mother earth that's a whole nother thing but i remember the words mother earth i remember that that was a real i know i remember that was a real thing like people were like it's not in the bible nowhere in the bible i got a whole earth. thing because it's not in the bible that's all but anyway i don't care like that's what i was literally it's mother earth needs healing and people need healing and this is part of it so i was like okay um and then the crazy it is crazy but i remember being there and i actually lashed out like i was angry and I, I I didn't no clue I would have ever done this but I looked at it and I was like why why does this I we've been through so much with all this PTSD that she has all this trauma we've tried everything she's been through so much suffering like why does this have to happen I don't under, like why did it have to happen to her why does it have to happen to us and I was like kind of angry about it and then it shifted and then there was this super powerful like white all big white light that like kind of came down in its place. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was God. I don't know divine. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was a powerful white light. And then the message powerfully channeled through to me that answered my question. It, it said without great sickness and suffering. And so, yeah, without great sickness and suffering, you'll never appreciate true health. You won't have gratitude for what truly being healthy is and what truly being happy and all that is. If you don't know great suffering without great suffering, there can be no great pleasure without great sickness. There can be no gratitude for great health. And it was like a huge powerful epiphany just blew my mind. And I shot back to like where I was sitting and I was like, apparently curled over going through it. I had no clue I was, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I was like curled over in like in a fetal position. And I was like, Whoa. Cause when I, I remember meditating when I went there and then I remember coming up and when I came up, I looked around the room and there's all these little tiny white things that were like buzzing, buzzing around the room that are working on everybody. It was like thousands and thousands of little tiny white lights that were just like, go around, they go to everyone, go to the next one, go to everyone, go to the next one, go to everyone. It was like thousands of them. And I remember the shaman saying, whatever message you get when you come back, if you want more messages or if you want, if you need further go back into the meta state of state and surrender. And I was like, I'm going back. That was, that was the most, that was like a holy sci-fi movie is the best thing I could like describe it as. But I was like, okay, let's, yeah. let's, let's go back. That was the most extreme thing, but I went back. So I went back, gone to my med meditative place, uh, zoned in and then um, shot back up. And then it was just message after message. After. The group, and I, I, the I, do I documented all of it after because they say like, you got to write all this stuff down because you end up forgetting it. But it was just like message after message after message. It was just like dreaming, actually, yeah. very much like that. You just get shot. One of it was a big photo of the Holy Bible. 
and it was this message of how misrepresented it is. And then it showed plant medicine and psychedelics, and it showed the Holy Bible. And it was this message of like, I'm supposed to in this book. There, we're writing a book. We're, we're writing a book, and there ha- there's something in the Bible about plant medicine and psychedelics yep. that has been totally misconstrued and it's been misinterpreted and twisted whether it's because of man's want to control or whatever the reason that there's something there so it showed the holy bible it showed plant medicine uh then all then there was another message about creating the group creating a magical like there's this movement that we're supposed to create and i was like oh because that was my intention was clarity of purpose i want to know i wanted clarity around what my purpose, what the purpose of magical is. Cause I know I was given so many powerful channels about magical, but it just failed and failed and failed. But then it was because she had to have healing before it would take off. And mm-hmm. then it gave, it was like magical is about healing. Yes. There'll be inspiration. Yes. There'll be motivation, but it's, it's all about healing because the planet people need healing more than anything. So Magical was given that then, the divine mission to begin and help heal the world and heal people the, book the title, right way. The book which cover. We had no, yeah, we had none of that. We had, didn't have the title. She showed the him what the cover of our it book looks crazy. like. It was crazy. We had no clue about any of that. And then it was it's like beautiful. the perfect cover of with ayahuasca vines going around it. And it was Magical, a story of healing. Like all this stuff was given to me that I asked for. That was my intention around the movement. So it just, it was just message after message after message. And it, it was, it was incredible. And then I remember coming back and, um, you got to him about night too. That's the craziest. Well that, yeah. So unfortunately, so she got rest, but that darkness was still in her. So the next day, I think the darkness knew it was coming. Knew it was and, about to be pushed out of me, you know? And, and we told the shaman, and the shaman felt something was different. So he, he brought us into that room, like she said, and gave her all these different, funguses and blue stuff on her and everything before i don't know anything about this I, so i'm probably explaining it horribly wrong <laughs> um but in as we got closer to the ceremony the the shaman's wife the maestro she she actually which you're not supposed to touch during the ceremony okay, they, at all. they don't let you touch each other she she it's, looked i'll never she looked over to me she said you can hold her hand for this she knew because my and ptsd I like, when i bit there she knew it was going to be intense and I took the biggest dose I could because I was like, all right, I just got some incredible messages. I took uh, a lot of the 5-MeO-DMT and the ayahuasca. So I was expecting to go to the different universe, but this is the beauty of it. It's an artificial, it's an intelligence. This is the beauty of it. It's not about the substance at all. And this is what it made me realize. It's all about this divine intelligence Mm -hmm. and what it is you're supposed to do because this is one of the craziest parts and it's the least it's, it's the least climactic but it's totally crazy it is i took such a huge dose i was sober the entire time within 30 minutes well because how sick i got because she's of how so, sick she got so I, 30 minutes. I took all this and i'm like all right there here we go and then all of a sudden she starts violently convulsing and then i felt it and every bit of it just kind of left my body there's no like, way that he should i took sober, i took know? a huge dose of 5 meo dmt the strongest psychedelic known to man i took I, uh, I took ayahuasca and it was just, it, it, I could tell and like, so I was, I was supposed to be there for her, like be there. And as she was going through this, even though I wanted help, I couldn't, the shaman said, just they, medi- they medi- meditate me. and send her energy, meditate and send her energy. That's what I had to do for that. Um, but yeah. I like was- that you mentioned before about how it would be helpful for people 
um, to have had practice meditating and doing some of this inner work? Because I think a lot of times people think of like ayahuasca is like, oh, you just go and you take this stuff and it heals everything and, and, and you didn't have to do anything. I like this idea of, you know, thinking of it as this journey and this process and, and you you participate in it. It doesn't just get done to you. But I mean, it does. It doesn't. It doesn't. That's the dance, right? It facilitates you to heal yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we can all even do this without ayahuasca. It might take me years and years and years to go back and feel my trauma to heal it. But that's essentially what ayahuasca does. She allows you to go back and open this suppressed trauma, right? And you go back and you feel it and you feel all that pain. You process it because you're feeling it, right? And then you release it finally whenever you start throwing up and you're crying. That's how you release trauma. And we're so conditioned to think that crying is like, you're so weak, if you're you're not tough, if you're crying. It's like, no, it's like, that's literally how you heal. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I was thinking was, wow, if all these people that you're close to um, thought that you calling it Mother Earth was a big deal, how blown away they are going to be when you put your book out with um, saying there's plant medicine in the Bible, that's going to really freak them all out. <laughs> oh, trust me. We it's said, already happening. We came back from messages and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to tell this story. And I was like, Mother Earth is such, and the two messages I got too were how sacred psychedelics are and there is a mother earth and she's a beautiful powerful divine and we did and it, find it's scriptures not, it's not taking anything away from father god it's not taking away from god at all there's not i'm not it's not taking away from that but i came back and i was like telling these stories and man you can you can tell the deep programming on some people yeah. that just get cognitive dissonance and they're like, like trigger <gasps> and the, the, the craziest yeah. part to me was and i'm not trying to like call out people's families but there were certain people in our family that was like because it was mother, literally, because of the words Mother Earth, literally, and it involved a shaman that it was evil. Yeah, so it I was wasn't like, sound. And- so I was like, so you're telling me 40 years of suffering All she's right. went through. A little less than 40. Uh, 38 years. <laughs> uh, because of the suffering she went through, she finally found healing. But you're telling me that healing is from something evil. Like, are you, and because I said a mother earth. And it's like, don't tell me. People believe their beliefs because they've been conditioned to believe that way. It's like, this is my experience. Right. Don't tell me. We're not telling you because we read it in a book. We're telling you because we experienced it. Oh, man. That's exactly how I am. I won't believe something just because someone told me or it's written. I want to have the experience myself. And that's why all the things that I offer as a practitioner have been things that helped me personally, experientially. And that's, I think, you know, the kinds of things that we promote on our podcast, too, is where people can have their own experience. We're not just like saying all of this stuff and like, oh, you should believe us because we say so. We're like, no, no, go and have your experience and find out for yourself and then have the conversation. Right. Tell all your family members like, okay, after you do ayahuasca, then let's have this conversation and see. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I would never push ayahuasca on anyone because like I do believe that you have to be called for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's important to, to say that. Yeah, state that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I once took, a, I had a mushroom trip that was so powerful that I actually, and I still had a lot of mushrooms in my house at that time because I planned on doing more trips. And it was so powerful. I came home and I threw them all away. And I was <laughs> like, and, and, but it was good. I mean, it was a great experience. It was amazing. It was life changing. But then I, I was like, so this is dangerous. Like if you're not ready for this, if you're not the kind of person who's prepared yourself for an experience like that, 
you could have a really hard time and and go to a place that you might not you know be ready for and that, even with LSD, man, LSD, you've got to be real careful with that one. It can go, it can go bad. Yeah. Quickly. But kudos to At you least. guys. You know, you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud that you came out and, and expressed your feelings about your experience. You were, you know, not shameful about it, not holding it to yourself. And, you know, a lot of people, even for me, especially me, I've had a lot of weird experiences in my life. And I, a lot of times I choose to keep them to myself because, when I express them to other people, they have a similar reaction as the people that, you know, you told your experience to, you know, a lot of times they don't understand and they come from this place of fear and it, it has, it does distort your own experience a little bit when, when they react like that, because you want them to react in a positive way like you had, you know, when you went through right. it. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you guys still go ahead and, and say your story, even though you know how some people are going to react. And I think that's important because... You know, a lot of us, we, I, especially me, I mean, I just choose not to do it just because I know how some people are going to react. And I'm like, well, it's just not worth it to me to, to either damage a friendship or relationship. And, you know, even though sometimes maybe that is what needs to happen, you know, they, they maybe they need awakened in that way. But, um, but well, yeah, I think that's great. Something on that is I would have never told my story. My, the podcast of my story you guys, I would have never, ever done that. I think ayahuasca, I owe that all to ayahuasca. That is one other, that is another beautiful thing that came from ayahuasca for me. I used to always care because of my family. They were so, you know, like I always had to please, you know, please. And I always cared about what people thought, right? I was a people pleaser and that changed. She and cared ayahuasca, about family thought I don't give two shits. I love my family, but I don't give two shits what they think about this. Because I know my truth. I know that I have the discernment. I know what I experienced. But I, because of ayahuasca, I do not care what other people think. And that is why I was able to tell my story. Yeah. Yeah, this podcast or having the podcast has helped me really come out of my shell also. Like, I have lots of crazy stories. And I finally started telling them on the podcast. And I was going to say, Tim, that you're saying that you don't say these things, but you put them out on the podcast, right? Anybody can hear, anybody can find. But, you know, Tim and I talk all the time about how doing the podcast, how much it's helped us in different ways. And I would love to hear from you guys, like since you've been putting your story out there, um, you know, how have you grown? What have you learned from from maybe from doing the podcast or just all the things that you're doing, um, really speaking your truth and putting it out there and meeting these different people that come um, and be interviewed on your podcast. How has it changed you? Well, it's healing, first of all. The more you can talk about it, the more you're going to heal. Because you know what? I got profound healing, but it's a lot. It's a journey. You know, I would never say, oh, he healed every single thing in one night. It healed a ton of things in one night, which is miraculous in itself. But like the more that I talk about it, the more healing that I gain from it. And the connections that we've made to the podcast, you want to touch on that? Yeah. We've made amazing connections. What we've found is, by putting our story out there and creating a platform for other people to come speak about their story and create a very safe, um, non-judgmental, loving space, uh, it's brought so many people in and they're willing to speak their truths. And when people are vulnerable and speak their truths, it creates space for other people. Uh, what we found is people truly do need healing. And all of these mechanisms that have been used to control us and program us and all these things that have kept everyone in anxiety and depression and these horrible like things that have happened, a lot of it comes from suppressed emotions, suppressed trauma. And 
uh, incorrect programming, but there's a movement happening. There's this huge movement happening, awakening across the world, and we strongly been given this mission with Magical to be a part of that, a piece of that. Um, it's so fulfilling. Yeah, like- to have people. We've had so many people that have had such profound experiences in our Facebook group. Uh, we coach people that have that have been having incredible experiences just, just across the board. We've made some connections with some incredible people that are. Uh, have centers for healing around the world and we're just uh connecting with them and just kind of putting our heads together and collaborating collaborating further big dreams that we have yeah to just keep keep this mission of healing people healing the world the right way the healthy way to help people get back to their most authentic self which is Mm -hmm. love you know and to save people time it took me so long to find healing to find out what actually does work you know and that's why i got into energy healing and now i do that on other people i teach people like how to like with breath work go back and revisit trauma and heal it because man like we can do this ourselves it's nice to have things to help facilitate it especially if it's something super suppressed but like we all have the power to heal ourselves and we're so conditioned not to like we we think we're powerless and like i'm here to tell you like my experience i've never gotten healing from a conventional doctor and and that's not to talk bad about them you know i have friends that are conventional doctors and they're amazing it's just my experience it was always a mystery illness. No one could ever figure it out. And I just want to save people the time. Like, don't try all this stuff. It's not going to work for you. Like, try the things that, like, here are all the things that I know for a fact worked for me. And that's just, if you have any kind of symptoms that, like, I have, like, these are the things that work. And if I can save people years off of their journey of trying to find healing, then, man, like, my day is made. Because it took me a lifetime, yeah. you know? 35 and, years. It's crazy. And a big part of it, too, I at least... I feel a personal mission of mine is helping destigmatize psychedelics and plant yes. medicine. Um, that's a personal thing for me because psychedelics have been so instrumentally positive in my life. Now, a big, big note on that is they're sacred. I feel they're yes. much more sacred than most people uh, to take them as. They're very sacred. And intention, they need to be the, the, the intention is so important. They need to be respected. You know, I found them as I've um, as I've like grown spiritually, I found them more to be a powerful tool for communication uh with these divine powers with god with with uh to get clarity in your life whatever it is you need it for make sure the intention is pure and good and i think the uh they're they're for us they're beautiful tools that we can use when we need not not they need to be respected though and they're sacred and they're not something to be used you know it's not like you use them recreationally you know we probably when we need clarity maybe every six months or something maybe like not that. that maybe not often. even that but um, it's it's just I really want to destigmatize. I love the work that Maps Research is doing, multiple mm-hmm. associated with psychedelic studies. I love that. Uh, if we can destigmatize psychedelics and plant medicine, I think energy healing, alternative mindset, uh, work, reprogramming. mindset reprogramming, plant medicine, psychedelics. Also, are, we've I, gotten a lot of uh, people with ketamine mm-hmm. on our podcast. You know yep. how ketamine's helped a lot of people. Yep, I think these are all. Yeah, I think. I think we're in that time when it's going to happen where it's going to be legalized, at least for in like a therapeutic way, like in the near future. It seems like now, you know, since they've been doing all of those clinical studies, like you said, with like maps, because I know I've, I've heard so many different stories with ayahuasca. And of course, I know people's accounts can have to do with who they are, the way that they perceived it and how they process things. But then I also know that I do think the set and the setting is important and finding the right shamans that hold a safe container because that was one of the stories from a close friend of mine that was really negative was that there wasn't 
a good safe container really set there so that when other people were going through the experience and they were really acting out, they didn't keep them safe from the other people. <laughs> so I was curious, how did you find the shaman? I'm guessing, did you Google it? And But then like, how did you discern who was, or if you have any suggestions for people who are going to be looking for something like this, what are the things they should look for to discern who is safe and authentic and genuine, who would be a good practitioner or yeah. shaman, I guess? So we were, it was very like divinely connected. It came up and then we have a very close friend that has been doing these ceremonies for almost 20 years. And it's the same group of people that have been facilitating. And the shaman, it, it, so, 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 so much of it, the shaman has to have a great intention. They have to have correct training. When they're making the they, medicine, they need to have they a have good, to have good intention. intention of making the medicine. They have to be trained in the right ways. These shamans been trained in Peru. They've been trained with all of the top shamans careful, over though. there, but they, it, it, they, the shamans have to be in a place of love. They have to be trained the right way. It has to have good intention. And the set and setting is so important. They had, ours had sitters that have been doing it for years that were there to help and the assist everybody. Doctors. They had doctors on staff. Like it was all done the right way. It doesn't, I'm not taking, I know there's a lot of people who say, oh, it has to be overseas for it to be effective. You have to actually be careful in Peru. Yeah. What so, I hear. so because it's been so commercialized, there are people that are taking advantage of people over there. So in our experience, she got profound healing and it wasn't overseas. I'm not saying that, that I'm not saying there isn't profound. I'm sure there's, profound but we are everywhere. going to Costa Rica to do it next time. Yes, we are. We are. Um, but I would say my advice would be put it out there. I, I don't know if Googling it, I guess Googling is one way, but put it out there. Follow your divine guidance. Find out if they do integration. That is so important yeah. because you can have a, profound ayahuasca ceremony and then you go back into the world you might feel great for like a month and then you get back into your normal integration so important. and then yeah what does the integration involve can you tell us about that process you know a lot of so kind of like what we were talking about earlier a lot of meditation a lot of you know affirmations journaling breath work eating the right way eating foods are huge the foods that you put into your body grounding yourself, getting in nature, all of those things are great for integration. You know, having someone you can check back in with, yep. you know, maybe from the facility that you had your ayahuasca, that they can hold you accountable, just checking in, you know, how you doing, like what's going on. It's just very important to have a network, a support team that knows what you're going through because, you know, if you don't have it, it's very easy for all the old ways to slip back in. And then before you know it, you're back to like, maybe not, to where you were, but you've backtracked, you've taken a few steps back. And that can be very discouraging for people. Cause they're like, oh my God, I had all this healing. And now I've like, and then, then they're hard on themselves. Cause they're like, well now I'm like feeling bad again. And it's, it's all about integration. Yeah, but put it out there, uh, meditate on it. Uh, we're a big advocate of prayer in the affirmative way, like praying at praying as if it already happened and thanking um, the divine for it, thanking God for it. I would find um, testimonies. Yeah. Place, especially if it's in Peru. Check your network, get testimonies, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that would be our best advice. I think. Yeah. And then I know it's unique for each person, but like how long sort of was your integration process? I mean, I guess you could probably still like, it could be like lots of experiences are like lifetime integration where you continue to work through it. But I mean, I'm, I'm wondering like if there was like months, a three yeah. to six months for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because for the first three months after ayahuasca, you've got, 
I mean, for, I don't know, at least a few weeks, you have the DMT still running through you. But even the plant, med, ayahuasca, the spirit can still work with you even months after your yep. ceremony. So, like, after, I would say the easiest part is the first three months. It's the following three months after that that is the slippery slope if you're not careful. Hmm. So what do y'all do now? Do you, is this what you do full time? The podcast and your your videos and um, the book and stuff is that what you do? Or do you have do you have full time jobs or what do you do? So we do life coaching. Um, I lead med- guided customized meditations. I create uh, I call it meditate and affirmate. I create customized meditation affirmations. Things that changed my life. I created for others. They tell me what their fears are, what their dreams are, what their vices are. Any, all of that, and then I will write a meditation and after and flip all their fears into positive affirmations. Right, I choose all the music, time it rightly, um, do those in person. I also send them to people so they have like a copy that they can fall asleep to for like the next twenty-one days before we do a new one. I do a lot of trauma breath work, chakra balancing, animal communication, animal healing, energy healing. Um, David does coaching. David has his own gig that he runs as well. See, I do life coaching, uh, but I have a business that I started a while back too that I still run, not at the moment, COVID. Uh, But (laughs) um, basically, whenever, trying to make a long story short, when I was 18 to like 21 in between years of college, I did door-to-door sales and I loved it. I fell in love with door-to-door sales. I had a really good knack for it and I found it as an incredible tool to train my mind because you're facing judgment every day. You're facing fears every day. So I, I, I foundationally grew a very powerful mindset for rejection and for communication and connecting with people. So later on in life, after I did medical sales, after I nationally did sales for a while, I wanted to start a company that could actually help people from any socioeconomic background. So I get people that have, you know, maybe not had the best backgrounds and not had the best training. And I actually bring them in. I, I started an ADT dealer. So I actually teach high, I teach uh, highly effective door to door sales uh, for ADT dealer as my, as, as a business. So this ADT security dealer that I run, we're one of the top dealers in the country, but I use it as a platform to train mindset for all these people that are coming and give them a way to make good money uh, with ADT, but also I mean, to I fund get, our dream too, though. What's that? To yeah, fund our dream. Absolutely. We want to have a retreat center. We want to have one here in Austin. We want to have one international. Like that's our big goal. We've talked about creating conferences. We're yep. we're writing children's books along with our stories. Yeah. So. so there's a couple of things we're working on right now. Like what we're excited about. Uh, well. The conference stuff is probably going to be about a year or so because everything's going on. No one's at the conferences right now. (laughs) Uh, But we're writing children's books. We think, um, you know, all of us are trying to deprogram ourselves from all the programming as kids. But uh, we're, I ironically found I kind of have a weird knack for writing Dr. Seuss-like books. Like I I can, (laughs) can when you're sober. Uh, but I can uh, I can do that pretty well. So we're writing we're writing children's books that and our feature, animals are the characters. We feature all of our animals as characters, and they all have a great message in them that includes meditation and affirmations. affirmations. And so we're writing children's books right now, and creating uh, an online Udemy course. Yeah, using uh, the, my business to kind of fund all of Magical's projects as Magical begins to grow and take off. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome! You that's guys have. Yeah, I was going to say, you you got a lot of energy, and that's awesome. It seemed like when you guys decided, like, this whole magical thing, like, a lot of energy did come into your lives. Is that what happened? Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. And there's just such passion behind it. Yeah, it's very very divinely led, too. Like, we're, we're every day... We have routines where we ask for guidance, we look for guidance, we think, and we see signs, and we run with the signs. Like, 
we're kind of just looking for signs and following those. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like you mentioned in the beginning how it's like taken off and like grown very quickly and it's because it's spirit led. Yeah. And it's purpose driven, 100%. Yeah, I believe like when we want to help others and we're coming from that pure place, there's so much divine support for that. Um, so like the bigger your you know, divine dream or mission is, then the bigger energy or bigger support comes um, in for that. That's such a good point. That's something I love about this whole world too, getting into the plant medicine space, psychedelic space, this, um, this healing new, new earth space so many people there's no motives people are genuinely out to help other people like they yeah they want to grow their business but that the part of their growing their business is helping other people genuinely helping people find their path and heal themselves so there's all this there's this aspect of altruism that i just love yeah, yeah absolutely so i never found in the corporate world before this <laughs> <laughs> me neither that's why i left <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm stuck there so <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> so, Tim, okay. you're bringing light into the corporate world. That's, that's right. like an even yeah. bigger role. There you go. That's my Somebody role, needs yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah, this has been really great. Thank you guys for coming on and talking with us. You guys were really amazing. Uh, all your stories were just so fascinating. Um, this is going to be a really great podcast. I I would love to still see you in person, though. I think a recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah we should. Cool. Anytime, let us know. That's all right. Good. Well, thank you so much again. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Awesome. Great awesome. All right, yeah. take care. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to David and Megan for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing their knowledge and stories with us. I think one of my favorite quotes from the episode is when Megan said, we all have the power to heal ourselves. And if I can save people years off of their journey of trying to find healing, then my day is made. If you'd like to know more about David and Megan, their services, and media content, please visit their website, magical.com. That's spelled M-A-E-G-I-C-A-L.com. And before we go, I'd also like to say thank you to Casey Henson for creating the beautiful music we use on this podcast, and to Tiana Roser for keeping this podcast interesting and going strong. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And you can find us on social media as well. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. This will help other people find us. Take care. <laughs>